You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How you doing? All right. This is uh, season three, episode eight, otherwise known as episode 44. They're really piling up here. We, we're, we've done over three dozen episodes. It's pretty amazing. And um, we are uh, in a very, uh, you know, news busy time. Of course, the elections are still sorting out. But uh, what else has happened in the last week? Uh, well, just in the last few hours, the Oath Keepers, uh, five of the Oath Keepers were convicted in federal court. The two leaders were convicted of seditious conspiracy. Apparently, they don't usually charge for something like that anyway, because it's hard to convict. Mm-hmm. So uh, Stuart Rhodes and this uh, Kelly Meggs were convicted of that. So mm-hmm. they'll probably go away for a long time. And then the three lesser characters were all convicted on a uh, variety of charges, obstructing the uh, uh whatever the charge, you know, obstructing governmental official, official uh, proceeding uh, or something. Right. And then there were also charges of uh, conspiracy to interfere with or injure police officers. So Mm. uh, now other people have gotten a few years in jail for similar charges. So it seems like all five of them will at least get some jail time Mm. unless, uh, unless somebody has a good story for the judge of how they've, uh, you know, recanted or whatever now i only heard a little you know snippet of something saying that you know uh now they want to know from these guys you know who ordered this or who was in on the conspiracy which is i guess how they get to the uh, former president well yeah that could be a thing like you know when they come up for sentencing if um you know depending on what kind of lawyers these guys have and how hard headed they want to be. I mean, they may, might have a story to tell the prosecutors of, mm-hmm. uh, see, they know that they were in touch with Roger Stone because Roger Stone, there's photos of Roger Stone with some of them, mm-hmm. uh, that morning. So if, you know, if they had a line of communication into that, what did they call it? The will, the Willard hotel war room. Yeah. Right. You know, or, you know, if they were, actually in touch with any of them mm-hmm. uh don't you they, think they'll probably end up with a an audio tape of uh you know a very recognizable voice uh on a speakerphone giving them you know direct instructions no i don't i don't think so i i think um i i i think you see the odd thing about this is like these guys are going to go to jail uh in some cases for decades uh, for Donald Trump and Donald Trump didn't give a damn about them and probably just, you know, he just sort of stirs things up in a general mm-hmm. way. I, I doubt, I doubt he ever gives very specific instructions on any really like, uh, can't you just find me 11,800 votes? Well, that, yeah, that was like <laughs> a specific plea, but I yeah. mean, even, even then he didn't actually order them to do it. I mean, he, you know, he, he always kind of, uh, it it it's almost like a like a New York mafia style. Yeah, of course. You know, you know yeah. that's what Cohen says that he right, speaks, right. speaks in code. All right. Well, we're uh, happy to have back Susan. 
who joined us in a previous episode and uh, was telling us all about things that annoy her. Uh, today, however, Susan is going to tell us about how men can be successful on dating apps. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Glad to be here. And did you mention, well, I'm looking for another victim. I mean, a new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've joined three dating sites. And uh, I have noticed some things that get me to immediately swipe left, which means get this person off my radar. Mm. Give us some some tips now. Um, dating apps, you know, everybody's using them. Uh, uh, I uh, I come from the era of the personals, but um, so I'm unfamiliar with this. Robert, are you unfamiliar with the dating apps? I, I, yeah, I'm unfamiliar. I mean, I know what they are, but it's utterly alien to me. All right. So I'm kind of <laughs> curious to hear Susan's uh, appraisal of the next. Um, the next person to go into the crawl space, I suppose it would be. <laughs> and um, Susan, do you want to tell us which which ones you're using? No. Okay. However, um, I would say that unlike the personals, this is medium. So it's very important to have a presentable profile photo. So I have some tips for any men who are thinking about joining a website. Um, all right. Don't shoot your photo inside a bathroom or at the gym. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this, these environments. And they don't even know to try to smile if they're taking a oh. selfie. You know? mm. You're kind of selling yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, also, uh, posture. Sit up when you shoot. I have seen shots men have taken lying down in bed or in a comfy chair, or as a friend of mine says, they look like they're in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> also, think about what you're wearing. I mean, this is an important photo. No sleeveless T-shirts. Mm. And to quote a style note from The Sopranos, the boss doesn't wear shorts. <laughs> Shave. Of untrimmed facial hair. I'm looking at you, ZZ Top. Is a turnoff. Uh, take off your hat, especially if it says MAGA. Ooh. I will find out if you're bald which is not a deal breaker. Are there, specific, are there specific hats that are problematic? I don't like any hats. I just think, let me see your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you, you figure if a guy's got on like a big black cowboy hat, he's definitely, uh, he's got something to hide. And also, it. you minored in phrenology, if I recall. So <laughs> you could tell a yeah. lot about a man from the shape of his head. That's true. Mm -hmm. Some men um, show their faces or their bodies. Mm. They show their cars, <laughs> you know, says to me, you're a show off because nobody's going to throw, you know, show a 2004 Toyota Sienna. <laughs> but <laughs> 
And I don't really like to see men with a guitar around their neck. Mm. Uh, I'm not looking for someone who fancies himself a rock star, mm. unless, of course, he is a rock star. But, you know, right. really, it just looks like someone who is going to serenade me whether I want to hear it or not. Yes, yeah, this apply to any musical instrument. Like if a guy has an accordion, he's probably an interesting guy. So you wouldn't want to... Uh... <laughs> You wouldn't want to rule him out, would you? I haven't seen any men with an accordion. And um, many men use dogs as a ploy. They may be their dog. They may be someone else's dog. But look at me. I have a dog here. He's not biting me. And clearly, I'm a good soul. My advice is be different. If you have a cat, let's see her. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so hmm. that's basically what I have to say about profile pictures. Mm -hmm. You also present yourself by what and how you write. So create a bio that is informational and engaging. Write with feeling. If you post that you're a Christian conservative, you may want to rethink that. Otherwise, you'll never get laid. <laughs> also, there are certain careers that you just want to keep on the down low. I mean, I was looking at one man's profile and it said he, he was an orthopedic sales representative. Ooh. Just no. Mm. And, and if some man writes uh, that he leads a healthy life, I interpret that as I've already had my first heart attack. <laughs> And then, okay, so you get a good picture, you get you perfect your bio, um, and then how do you interact? You know, there are pictures of women, and if you see an engaging man, reach out, and if someone reaches out to you, respond, be a little playful. Keep the conversation going. Ask questions, but don't get too personal. And write in full sentences. Also, so punctuation, punctuation is very important with you, I would assume. Oh, my last boyfriend. I fell in love with him because of the way he wrote. Wow. Oh, there you go. And let's see, no sexual innuendo. I mean, you're talking to a stranger who knows? You could be talking to the FBI. Keep That's true. And uh, that raises that whole issue of the explicit photos, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the 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 uh, sexy pics. Uh, do you see much of that? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. <laughs> One more tip. Um, don't ever ask someone where they got that beautiful smile. I can't tell you how many men have said that to me and I'm not really smiling in my picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So That's a tip off. I usually, you know, when they say, where'd you get that beautiful smile? I usually um, say expensive dentistry and then I block them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, every once in a while, the, the phone lines crackle, the internet smiles and you're ready to take the next step um 
for me, the next step is share your real email so you're not communicating just on a website. Um, if that goes well, suggest a phone call. And if that goes well, uh, schedule a FaceTime and then a date. So that's uh, the path to love. That was a lot of fun. And um, so uh, Robert is thrilled that you joined us today because he's been waiting to uh, pull this uh, Michigas or Malarkey game, which has a uh, theme that he knows you will like. So Robert, why don't you launch into that? Uh, okay. Well, the, the way the game works is uh, we, we tell the other one a story and the story is either something that's true, but just a little bit crazy. So it would be Michigas or it's something that's completely made up. It's just, made out of whole cloth. So that would be malarkey. So I'm going to uh, tell you a little story here and uh, you and Alan can decide whether it's Michigas or malarkey. And the, uh, the reason I saved this one is because I'd run across it and it has to do with dogs. So I figured we'll, we'll save the, uh, the dog centric. Because we know one. that uh, Susan is a dog lover right. and, and also it, a, a cat lover, right? Yeah. That's lately. Right. Yeah, so I hear and it also relates to Central Park, too. So uh, we, we uh... now, uh, Susan, you probably know there is a statue of a dog in Central Park named uh, Balto. Are you familiar with the Balto statue? I it have was, heard of it. Yeah, it was, it's a sled dog. In, in 1925, there was a famous uh, dog sled run across Alaska that delivered diphtheria serum to the town yes. of Nome, right? Yes. And yes. Uh, it was in late January of 1925, and it was like one of these early viral news events. It was on the front page of papers around the country, and they were telegraphing uh, the news out, like every time they went, you know, got to a different relay station, so the whole country was kind of following along with the serum get to this town and save the children in the town before they all got sick and so on. So it, this, you know, they, they got the serum successfully to Nome and it was this great story uh, of this relay race. In fact, it's the inspiration for the Iditarod race that, you know, they still yes. have every year. So there were dog lovers in New York city who were so taken by this story that they thought they would commission a statue of a sled dog and have it put near the, uh, the zoo in central park. So they got this sculptor, uh, Frederick Roth, who was known for doing uh, bronze sculptures of animals and they had him do it. But here's the, the, the uh, kicker here. You have to figure out whether this is true or not that there was actually a protest movement against this statue. And now this is in 1925, you got to remember. In fact, the, the amazing thing is the statue was uh, put up within a year. But uh, there was a group in New York called the Citizens Medical Reference Bureau. These were like the people who did their own research. And they protested the statue of Balto, the sled dog, because they said it was all a hoax. The serum run was a hoax, and the idea of serum, the diphtheria antitoxin, was also a hoax. 
these people were like an anti-vax group, but almost 100 years ago in 1925. And they protested the statue and uh, the city of New York rejected them and the statue went ahead and they had a ceremony in December of 1925 and dedicated the statue. Now, is, is that true or not? Is it possible that a group actually protested against that statue in Central Park because they said the diphtheria toxin uh, the, or the antitoxin was a hoax? Now, did I make that up or is that a real story? Is it Michigas or Malarkey? Susan, what do you think? Well, um, although anti-vaxxing has been much in the news since COVID, I doubt this story. And I say this part of the statue is Malarkey. Well, I will read to you a headline from the New York Times on Sunday, March 29th, 1925. Uh-oh. Ser Serum foes oppose a statue for Balto. And then the subhead, Bureau's disapproval of antitoxin brings reply from city laboratory head. And it goes on. The story is the, uh, the head of the health department in New York denounced this group that was protesting the statue and he said, that is an organization that has been putting forward the most horrible statements and lies. Mm. This particular statement is an absolute misrepresentation. And he goes on to cite statistics about how the uh, diphtheria antitoxin had saved lives. And these people were saying it was a hoax. And what's amazing, the statue was put up, it was dedicated in December of 1925. And the real dog, Balto, actually came from Alaska and attended the dedication. <laughs> nice and touch. Then, and then years later, they were still protesting it. I found a story in, uh, in from September 1931, the headline, Raising of Balto Statue asked, Dash to Nome is called a hoax. Years later, these people were still saying it was all a hoax. Wow. Oh, and, boy. Uh, it, it, well, you know what's amazing about it is it's, it's the same thing. It's like a hundred years ago, but sure. it's right. I yes. mean, the people change, but it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Q has always been with us. Now the statue is still there. People still take their kids and pose by it every day. So, uh, so, well, anyway. I knew all about Balto and I knew about, uh, how it was the inspiration for sled dog mushing. And the trip was up to Nome with the diphtherius. Serum, but mm -hmm. yeah, I did yeah. not know it was controversial. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing, isn't it? it? It was the Citizens Medical Reference Bureau. And what and, tipped me off was, uh, you know, it, it, it was too detailed. In other words, uh, you know, sometimes when when uh, malarkey comes up with malarkey, uh, you know, it's pretty convincing. But in this case, it seemed very detailed. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, it's it's an odd, uh, it, it's such an odd story. In fact, I, I always wondered what happened to the uh, Citizens Medical Reference Bureau. I mean, <laughs> they were around for years because in 1931, they were still protesting the statue. And I think they're still doing their own research. They are, absolutely. So thank you for that uh, game and thanks for playing the game, Susan. My pleasure. I really yeah. enjoy the podcast. I listen every time you post a new one.
Well, thanks for coming on. That was a lot of fun, and you're welcome anytime. Ah, thanks, guys, and wish me luck with the dating scene. Good luck. Yes, yes. We'll, Come we'll... back and report further on this or anything else or on your, your world travels. Yes, we're we'll... wishing you luck, and we'll say a prayer for the next guy to uh, to, to, to get out of that we'll safely. <laughs> right. All right. Take care, Bye-bye. Susan. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Now, uh, what about absolutely the last pandemic update? We had uh, Fauci gave his farewell. Did we talk about this last time or not? Uh, no. Well, he was giving a bunch of interviews over the weekend. And then mm-hmm. I guess he was in the White House press yes. room one day. With our and, pal, Dr. Ashish K. Ja. Oh, right, right. So, uh, yeah, so he he's retiring at the end of the year. But uh, I don't know, Rand Paul and other people say they're, they're still going to make sure he goes to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, for what who knows but uh you know they're... and then um at the same time we're seeing you know these uh posts and uh charts and things showing like a triple demic they're calling right. it yeah i mean there's there's um i mean i you know i just keep hearing of people just within my own uh extended you know, circle of acquaintances yeah or or getting covid and getting quite sick so uh, uh, still yeah. So, I mean, there, there there just seems to be a lot of it going around. And it's I mean, baffling because as Marjorie Taylor Greene was asking on, uh, I forget if it's on Truth Social, but it seems like now everything that goes on Truth Social gets cross posted to Twitter since Elon Musk took it over. And she's saying she doesn't understand how masks can work if underwear doesn't uh, protect you from farts. Yeah, well, first of all, I think she kind of misunderstands how underwear works, but I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, I mean, but I think it, if you want to know about that topic, you'd have to ask Rudy and Jenna uh, Ellis, right? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, did that, some. They did some. Uh, you know, testing and some research on that topic. Yeah, yeah. They, I remember there were people claiming at the time that Rudy had crop dusted her. <laughs> oh God. That's what she's known for. Although right. lately now she's going into, you know, the whole anti-Semitic uh, uh, niche routine. It's apparently it's, you know, well, very well paid. You know, It's a it's a growth sector. Yeah, there you go. Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. Everybody's so, uh, on the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've mentioned uh, Elon Musk and, you know, we we've focused on him in the who's the media uh, segment for the last uh, few episodes uh, before we, you know, kind of uh, default to that. Is there anything else that we want to cover in who's the media? No. Well, I mean, I, I signed up on Mastodon and I yeah. also got into Post News mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Post News is just strikes me as kind of odd. It's like all these, you know, people all bending over backwards to be nice or something yeah it just seems odd. it's a little vanilla you know yeah and but it's, it's it's early days yeah and there's like a lot of skepticism about the management of it and what they actually think it's going to turn into it's like it's some micro payments uh play ultimately that mm-hmm. they think all these publishers are going to be selling you know, news by the article or something. I don't yeah. know. Some, somehow. We'll have to see how that develops. Meanwhile, have you been on Twitter much to feel a difference? 
I, you know, it's funny. I, I haven't really noticed any real difference except for people, um, you know, complaining about, you know, what an asshole Elon Musk is. And, right. You know, there's just a lot of that, but um, I, you know, I haven't been uh, assailed by armies of trolls, but then I'm so low profile. Why would I be? Right, I mean, right. other, other people like uh, Molly Chong fast and other people sure. who, who have high profile have been, uh, talking about that sort of thing, and I, yeah. you know, I, I take them at their word that. Okay, uh, so you're saying you're out of control. Yeah, you say you don't uh, feel a difference. I actually, you know, the nobody really trolls me either, and if they do, then I post a, a picture of, um, uh, you know, uh, Russians demonstrating in the street or Ukrainians or something, and then they just run away. But um, uh, the uh, I did notice that. Uh, you know, 50% or more of the, uh, of my feed was about Musk and or Twitter. So I decided to add, you know, Elon Musk, Musk uh, to the, you know, Trump and Donald Trump and, and my other blocked terms, you know. Uh, so once I did that, that cleared it out a lot, you know, by 80%. So uh, it, I, it's not consumed now with people with either, uh, his tweets or people sharing his tweets or liking or responding or hating or whatever they're doing. And, um, so that helped a bit, but you know, it does feel like it's kind of drawing down. Uh, you know, I see a lot of people saying I've had enough. I'm heading over to post news or, you know, or Mastodon or wherever people are going. There was another one I saw called planetary. So, you know, maybe you could check that one out. Yeah, see, the, the, the thing I find odd is like on Mastodon, there's all these people who uh, like some of these high profile people come over from Twitter and then they're upset that it's not another Twitter. Right. It, you know, it's different. And uh, I, I actually like Mastodon a lot. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I joined the uh, the Irish server. Right, so right. It's, it's, it's sort of like if I look at the local timeline on that it's just like a lot of interesting uh you know ireland and irish related stuff mm -hmm. that i that i find interesting so i i actually enjoy mastodon um, now let's uh slide right into did you finally get to see the dairy girls because we could do the hit list or shit list uh yeah well yeah i watched the final season Whoa, and, the whole uh, thing the whole season yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's only six episodes, uh -huh. I think. Or uh, the final season might have been seven episodes, right? But um, and what was your, you know, kind of uh, in a nutshell, what was your feeling? Oh, it's great. It's great. In fact, mm -hmm. I, it's funny. I saw today on Twitter. There's a clip of Martin Scorsese saying that he's he's been watching it. And ah. Apparently, he enjoys it. Mm -hmm. But it it's a it it's really an interesting show. It's it's like a um, it's set in Derry in the 1990s mm. and the backdrop of the three seasons are the troubles mm. in northern ireland but as they're sort of winding down and the peace process is taking hold and then the um the final episode actually is when the people go to vote on the uh, the good friday agreement mm. so it it actually follows the you know a timeline of the sort of the end of the real violent period mm -hmm. but there's a lot of uh a lot of dark humor a lot of quirky humor um there's good uh, performances 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the acting is great. And, um, and I mean, some of the characters are just great. They have some of these Irish comic actors who are just wonderful. Now I had a few, uh, uh, items, you know, a few shows picked out. Let's see if you are aware of any of them. Have you heard or seen Fleischman is in trouble? Uh, I, I know about it. I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. Then there's the other one is the White Lotus. Are you watching that? No, no, I haven't watched that yet. I, okay. Did I, you see the first season of it? No, no, I, oh. I ignored the first season, and okay. now everybody's talking about how great it is. So yeah. maybe I'll you have to go back it. to. The, and then lastly, and I guess this is the one I'll talk about. Have you seen or heard about? Don't worry, darling. Uh. No, that sounds okay. familiar, though. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in the uh, news because of the gossip around the director is Olivia Wilde, right? And uh, she, oh, she, oh, I yeah, I, yeah. Now I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she uh, she was married to that guy that plays Ted Lasso, right? And apparently, he served her her divorce papers while she was on stage at some industry event. So that was the gossip there. Then they said that she and the star Florence Pugh got into some kind of a uh, you know a, a vendetta against each other uh, during the filming. And then Olivia Wilde was supposedly um, having a romance with Harry Styles. So that's what preceded the movie. And and I thought to myself, you know, I am not interested in any of these people. So why would I, you know, ever watch that? So it came and went in the theaters, I guess. And then now it popped up on the streaming. I forget which, you know, if it's uh, HBO or Netflix, which one it is. But um, uh, and then it's back in the scandal in the gossip columns, because I think that Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles broke up. So to me, that the whole gossip part of that seems like it was totally manufactured just to get publicity for the movie, which, by the way, the movie, at I think it's about two hours, is a very strange movie. You would think that with that, that all-star cast or, you know, that sort of, you know, uh, hot young cast, that it would be a romantic comedy. It is not. It's a uh, dystopian sci-fi thriller with strange twists. And um, so I sat through the two hours and um, I did find parts of it where I thought that it was really saying something important. So anyway, I, uh, it's a mixed review, but for those people who... Uh, you know, got disgusted like I did with the publicity aspect of things. Uh, it's still maybe worth a look at the uh, movie, especially if you're interested in kind of like the feminist uh, themes in it. All right. Well, we'll return next week. Until then, have a good time. Okay. Take Bye -bye. it easy. Bye-bye.